Hey there, and welcome to this episode, which is all about one of my favoriteest topics, creativity. What it is, what it isn't, whether we have it, whether we don't have it, whether we can get it. Um, yeah, it's such a great topic, but it's one that people come to me with a lot and they say, you know, I wish I could be more creative. And the answer that I generally give them is, well, you already are. And I read a lovely line somewhere recently about creativity being the ability to take out of the brain something that was never put in there in the first place. And that is an interesting definition, though it's not the only one for sure. But it gives me a nice opening for this episode, which features something that may or may not ever have been put into my brain, but which is certainly something that I pulled out. So I was on one of my regular long walks the other day when something popped into my mind in that dreamlike way that things do when you allow your brain some downtime. And that is one of the reasons it is important to take downtime. And we'll come to that in a little bit. But I had this half memory of a series of public service ads that used to run here in Northern Ireland. And the memory of them was so surreal that I had to double check that I hadn't made them up. And the jury is still out on whether or not I did. Honest to God, though, it's it's like something from a bad dream. But unfortunately, back then, that was the reality here. So this advice was aimed at anyone who might be considered and I use air quotes here, a legitimate target, unquote. And for anyone who's not aware of Northern Ireland's past history, there was a long period of civil conflict, which was euphemistically referred to as the Troubles. As a blow-in from the Republic of Ireland, I admit I felt quite removed and sometimes bemused by the state of affairs. But still, back in the 1990s, incendiary devices, routine security checks, explosions, murders and troops on the streets were very much the order of the day. And I remember one of the guys in my year at art college coming in one day to tell us that the army had just detonated his bicycle because he'd left it in the wrong place. I'm not even joking. It's a time that I look back at with a sort of, did that really happen kind of feeling? But, you know, the exhibitions at the Ulster Museum assure me that it did and that I was only really here for the very mild tail end of it all. But this thing that came into my head, this ad... But this thing that came into my head, this ad, um, basically contained the very sound advice, whether you are, and as I use these air quotes again, a legitimate target or not, the advice was to vary your routine. So again, for anyone new to this little corner of history, a legitimate target was anyone in the police, the army or any other kind of government bodies that these paramilitaries didn't like. But it was also extended to anyone who worked for these organisations. So for instance, if you were an electrical contractor, you could have been on that list just for doing your job. So as I walked along in my usual way, pondering life and the universe in general, I was thinking about creativity because it's interesting and I like it. <laughs> and it struck me that this advice, which was obviously not given for the reasons that it would have been nice to give it, still has a resonance that would help the brain function a little differently. Now, we're largely creatures of habit. And this works on so many levels for our brains. We feel safe and confident and familiar with our habitual actions. And anyone who's been working with me recently on the Brain Science Basics program will know how much a simple switch up can really throw us into confusion, with our classic example being for performing familiar tasks with our non-dominant hand. And of course, we go on autopilot when we're not actively, mindfully engaged in something. So when we're learning and approaching something creatively, uh, that is from a new angle or perspective maybe, we tend to notice more, right? And here's the beauty of that advice. Even though it might have meant the difference between life and death back in those days, we can still use the same strategy to fuel our brains. So this is kind of where we're going today, 
because for as long as I can remember, people have said things to me like, oh, you're so creative or I wish I could be as creative as you. And again, I've always been a little bit puzzled by this because it's not like I'm super talented in any particular art or activity, but I'm not motivated in that department. I mean, we all know that if you want to become good at drawing, the way to do it is to practice drawing, right? Same with ballet or violin or cooking. And yes, there are those for whom that seems to be the way they express themselves to the world and they have a little seed of magic that seems elusive to us. And that's certainly how I feel about creating music. You know, it's like I can sit outside the door and appreciate it, but the room of that particular process is closed to me. So I get it. I get how it might seem like becoming creative is too daunting a task. But I'm here to tell you that it's probably not what you think. Let me put it this way. If you learn to use language and have navigated this complex, messy, demanding world of ours for a few decades, then I am here to tell you that you are de facto creative. How else would you have joined the dots between the sounds that came from people's mouths and the meanings that they had? How would you have learned that there are ways to delight people and ways to disappoint people and deploy them appropriately or maybe inappropriately? How would you have created the identity that you have created and the beliefs that hold it all together? You, my friend, are creative. You can't help it. It comes with the being human basic package. So why then do so many of us feel like we're lacking in this department? That's a good question, and I am glad you asked. You know, the more I see of the world, the more I see creativity evident everywhere. And the more I see of people, the more I realize that they limit their understanding of what creativity is. Let's look at this another way. What do the great detectives tell us about creativity? The Poirots and the Sherlocks. Okay, well, they're fictional characters, but hear me out. Poirot, the OCD Belgian with exquisite tastes and manners, described himself as seeing all the things that should not be. In other words, he noticed stuff. He noticed little details, little changes, and that was enough for him to create an entire picture and solve a case that nobody else could solve. Our brains do that naturally if we let them. It helps them work on that overarching mission of keeping us safe. Is that different than it was? Why is it different? Is it dangerous now? Ooh, look, new berries. Are they good to eat? Look, buffalo tracks. Time to go hunting. <laughs> you can see why noticing is important to us. We just need to give it the time and space to breathe. Like I said, creativity comes with the being human basic package, but so do muscles. And as you're aware, you can trick out those muscles and develop bodybuilder physique, right? Anyone who wants to put their efforts and time behind that can do it, but not everybody does. And it's a bit like that with creativity. So let's stick with the bodybuilder analogy. On the first day of going to the gym, what do you think happens? Do people go in, lift some baby weights and get hit by magic and come out shredded and rippling with muscle? Hell no. <laughs> and by the way, I have my friend Kim Constable to thank for this and this terminology, because without her, I would probably never have had any insight into all of this kind of stuff. And so look what happened there. I came into contact with something that was new to me, something that was not in my average routine. And that fueled my ability to create a metaphor to explain a concept. And that is creativity. That's what it's about, joining the dots and making connections. But you have to provide fuel for your brain to do that. And here's another analogy for you. Um, imagine your brain is a houseplant. Now, it'll probably be okay if you water it, but if you give it a position it likes and some nice plant food, it's gonna do a whole lot better. It'll thrive and it'll probably bloom. So that's one of the things about fueling creativity, having new influences, lots of them. They're like the supplements and minerals that our bodybuilder needs alongside the time and practice. In reality, 
a lot of the time, this looks like being curious about things. It's not complicated, it's not rocket science, it's just being curious about things. And another thing that's pretty vital to creativity is being able to do nothing for a while. And this is harder than it sounds for a lot of people. We're very conditioned to be busy. And I think this is a little bit of a trap. I call it the curse of productivity. We feel bound in many instances to be doing something useful. I may have told this story before, but one of my first employers was known for sitting staring out the window of his office, leading to some rather pithy observations amongst colleagues. However, he was adamant that that's when he did his best work. His most profitable ideas came when his mind was set to drift mode. And this is quite a courageous thing to do when we've been raised to look like we're doing something useful or important. The messages are, look busy, look productive, and for goodness sake, do not under any circumstances look lazy. So in this, we can start to see how we form beliefs about what creativity is and isn't, when it is an acceptable form and when it isn't. And we don't even think much about that. These are deeply embedded into our operating system and they aren't even really conscious thoughts. They start to show when we become uncomfortable, like when we're shown new definitions of creativity and new tools to achieve it. I mean, try it out if you want. You know, if you're the busy bee type, then give your brain some time off, actual downtime. I mean, we all know the phenomenon of people having epic ideas in the shower or as they're about to fall asleep and then boom, it hits us. But do we deny ourselves this potential spawning ground for creativity in order to keep up with the busy? It is an interesting thought, no. Um, and I have talked about this issue actually before from a different perspective way back in episode three. So if you haven't heard that, you might want to check that out after this. So here's what we're coming to. What if you were actually putting a stopper in the bottomless bottle of your creativity by not giving yourself the right tools to use it? How would it change things? What opportunities would it create if, if you remove that stopper? And I have to say, you know, when people say they're not creative, it really, it creates a pain in me that I can't quite describe. It's, it's like a disturbance in the force. It makes me want to just scrape the buildup off their thinking and let them marvel at that sensation of looking at everything with new eyes. You know, my son recently had an ear treatment which completely changed how he perceived sound. And it was utterly enchanting to watch him noticing sounds as though for the very first time. Things had sounds that he didn't even realize had made sounds before. And the process of unstopping our creativity is a bit like that. Tackling it isn't something difficult or painful. It's, it's fun. This thing, play and fun, they're also so intertwined with creativity that, you know, we've got a lot of it to reclaim. These are easy gains, you know. This isn't something that you need to be diligently knuckled down and studying and all the rest of it. But it does require a few more or maybe a few more enhanced tools in your kit. Because, you know, you can think of creativity as being not unlike beauty in many ways. There are lots of stereotypes and accepted standards out there. But you know what? Everyone has their own beauty, whether or not they believe that. And sometimes we choose to ignore it and believe that it doesn't exist. And sometimes we choose to work with what we've got and help it shine through. So this is clearly a topic that I have uh, rather strong feelings about. And I'm going to do something that I don't normally do on this podcast and invite you to join me for something specific. I'm planning a three week creativity sprint to finish out the year. And in that, we're going to look at what creativity is, what it isn't. We're going to look at how you can support your brain function to be more creative. 
And we're going to look at specific tools and techniques that you can try to free up the flow and recognize your innate creativity so that you can bring it online more when you need it. Now, if that sounds good, head over to the website, which is ambitionincubator.com forward slash sprint to get all the details. It'll be 21 days to close out the year with new creativity tools. 21 days of tapping into something that you've always had, whether you believed it or not. And 21 days that will be a gift to yourself and one that will keep on giving. So if you want to try unstopping that bottle, then and this sounds good, then head on over to the website, which is ambitionincubator.com forward slash sprint to get all the details. We'll take 21 days to close out the year with new creativity tools, uh, 21 days to tap into something that you've always had, whether you believed it or not, and 21 days that will be an ongoing gift to yourself, one that will keep on giving. So <laughs> if you want to do this for the crack, as they say here, come on over and let us see about creating some new possibilities for the new year. As always, thank you for joining me and I will put the details in the show notes in case you missed them. Hope to see you soon.